Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Port Richards Cafe, TechSend Senior Residential Care Homes, ATB Painting, and Performance Food Group. Poor Richards Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richards Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Texan Senior Residential Care Homes, senior care at its best with a family atmosphere. They specialize in making their facilities as close to a home living experience as possible. Not only that, there are no movement fees and there are no visitation restrictions. They are located near I-635 in Marsh Lane in Dallas, right near Carrollton. For more information, you can call 469-400-7650. That is Texan Senior Residential Care Homes. And now, let's podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Kendrick Johnson and Taylor Raglan. Uh, gentlemen, on today's podcast, we're going to uh, take a trip down memory lane. So uh, this is this is actually the officially the 100th episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. So uh, first of all, hard to believe that we made it this far. <laughs> I just, I mean, I think back to what was it like 14 months ago, Kendrick? You, me, and Tim Glaze were back in the conference room there <laughs> just just wax and philosophical for about an hour on district 66a football well, and then uh, was that the first one that was the very first episode <laughs> and then thinking of uh, just everything that's happened since then Shout out to Tim. yeah all the uh, just the the structure of this podcast has evolved quite a bit the production has changed a lot we have a banner now that mm-hmm. I mean just uh, yeah this podcast has really has really grown up over the past 14 months so uh, thank you to everybody who has been along for the ride and I've uh, been following along over the uh, over yeah this is uh, yeah I guess 14 months or so we've, uh, that we've been at it. So I guess in honor of the 100th episode, we're um, we're just going to pay tribute to the year that was. You know, obviously 2018 is winding down. So um, and as is the case here at Star Local Media, near the um, near year end, we always go back through and come up with our top five or top ten sports stories of the year. And um, we're in the process of compiling that uh, those lists as we speak. So with that information relatively fresh on the brain, um, we're going to go through and um, kind of uh, basically through all 14 of our markets and just talk. About some of the uh, some of the standout moments from the year that was. I'm um, obviously plenty of plenty of fun things going on through our neck of the woods. So. MISD, they got a little everything. Yeah, we can uh, we can just start with McKinney Kendrick. I mean, obviously, I don't know. Obviously, you know what? Let's uh, let's not give away what the top story is for the year. We can discuss on just some of the stuff that is in consideration. But um, nevertheless, obviously, we want to save that for y'all to uh, either check out your newspapers or check out our website, StarLocalMedia.com, whenever that information is published. But nevertheless, Kendrick, I don't know where well, it's kind of obvious. Though. I don't know where it's going to fit. 
finish, but I would imagine, yes, a certain $70 million stadium is probably going to be uh, somewhere somewhere near the top of your, of your list. Just, to, yeah, just talk a bit about some of the uh, the memorable moments from McKinney ISD in 2018. Uh, I can go two, two for a school. The two for McKinney High, most definitely the, the run that Coach Marcus Shavers done went on. Oh, and five. Yeah. We like, how can they win two games? And they end up winning four, getting the playoffs, shocked the city, shocked the state, and they're only going to get better mm-hmm. first year. The McKinney girls volleyball team wasn't like um, as it was kind of like how can they find their way into the playoffs? And now they go to the playoffs, they go three deep. Yep. Props to Coach Aaron Hickabacher and her squad had a great. They they were like the true definition. You know how people have the cliches. We lock arms, we step by step. Like they really lived that life, and that's why they won. It, it was like and you see them play teams that were more talented than them, but they went step by step, mm-hmm. and they were taking those L's. <laughs> and then um, North, their um. Um, boys and girls basketball team for the uh, ninth in a row uh, both made the playoffs nine consecutive okay. years and um, their softball team continued their streak of um, going to playoffs every year the program's been open those are the three longest streaks in McKinney playoff streaks and they all wow. north. The, the girls softball team's like 15 or 16 years because they never went without going to the playoffs and then the two boys and girls basketball teams are nine and then um, soccer, the soccer girls for um, North um, won a playoff game and played Highland Park, who's a perennial powerhouse, and um, only lost by one goal, made a good account for theirself. Mm-hmm. And then um, McKinney Boyd, I talked to Coach Peak and company, a controversial call away from the state championship game. Mm-hmm. One of the few times I've been covering a game, I felt like for those kids that um, they had a controversial game, the guy came and peeled back, technically was on sides, but you can't see, there's no replay, so mm-hmm. that's how the, 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 they say, how the cookie crumb <laughs> we way out in Matt never had me way out in Windy West Texas. <laughs> I'm talking about like it was Sandstorm. It's like you in the press box dodging sand. Was, that, was, was it out in Midland? Was it was that Midland. Okay. Yeah, way out there. Well, Grande Communication Stadium. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you've been there before. I've heard of it though. I've never, yeah, I've never been out to Midland. I've heard of it though. <laughs> he sees me, but he yeah. doesn't go. <laughs> <laughs> it's your beat. <laughs> and then, um, of course, the seventy million dollar palace that's MISD Stadium. That. Um, I'm glad I kind of came on in the end like when they made the bonds and all this stuff I wasn't on staff but I heard there was a lot of controversy but if you see the stadium it's it, it's the real deal and I think they got the uh, the crown jewel by getting the Division 2 uh, National Championship game mm-hmm. that was on ESPN just this weekend yep. and did Bonzo ratings and everybody that walked in there a lot of these people are from like Minnesota Virginia Georgia they don't know nothing about Texas high school football this is a high school stadium I got that look like five times <laughs> so that, that kind of sells itself yeah. When you think back, as yeah, obviously the stadium was just such a, a top of mind storyline, all not just in McKinney, but just throughout the metroplex, throughout the state. I mean, with it finally being unveiled this season, what do you remember about just the opening weekend and just all the the pomp and circumstance surrounding the opening of the stadium back in uh, in August? Um, the uh, fact they had three games. People don't realize that they had they had um, High and North played that kicked it all open on Thursday, mm-hmm. and then Boyd played Rylette on Friday, and then they had Prosper and Naaman, something they call the McKinney Classic. They're going to start that every year. Okay. That kind of got for them the people that worked there for MISD. They got their hand, like three games to kind of get the kinks worked out. Mm-hmm. So when they got the district, everything was rolling and the attendance was really high. If it wasn't for the rain, they would have had sellouts against a uh, like Allen game was raining. Yeah, and um, a couple games in that first that f- the first week was perfect weather, and then from week two to week five they had a rain delay at least one oh, of the yeah. games every week. <laughs> so if it wasn't for the rain delay, they would have had record attendance at MISD, which is because some people just came out there just to see the stadium. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Hello. I don't know where it would uh, where it would rank just among like the most notable storylines because this isn't specific to any one sp- one particular city. But you mentioned the weather, and when we were going mm-hmm. over our considerations for uh, you know for the top ten list for Allen and Plano, it's almost like you can't leave out just the weather and just that story in general and just what a big factor that played in uh, in high school football this fall. It was like I've never seen anything e- like even it. Like in sports like cross country, I forgot to mention Linda Colbreth. Of course, <laughs> three state titles yeah. in three years. 57 races and 57 wins. And she keeps on. And um, she and um, this year she didn't set the state record because they ran in a, on a ready muddy mm-hmm. track and slowed down. So she did what she had to do to get the win, but it was no, it was a record setting condition. Yeah. So it even affect cross country this mm-hmm. year. So oh, yeah. the, the weather is a undercover um, story of its own. <laughs> Taylor, let's um, let's shift gears. Let's talk Plano for a bit. So, sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously a lot of plenty of different directions to go for uh, for Plano uh, Plano ISD in 2018. What is the uh, what is the one thing that springs to mind though when you think back on the year that was for PISD? I mean, I think there were a lot for me, um, you know, in in my beat and my side of things. There were a lot of like real dominant individual performances. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about Ashlyn Hilliard um, and just her run through the cross country postseason, basically demolishing everybody on her way to a first state title. Yep. Uh, Libby Winans doing the same for Plano East um, in girls golf. Tommy Boone ends up with bronze, you know, in, in golf at, at state and. You know, typically that would be a, a fantastic year for an individual golfer. He's only outshined by Winans, obviously, yeah, you know, sweeping, yeah. <laughs> sweeping through the postseason and and, uh, and earning a a gold medal. Uh, the first one for Plano East ever, uh, not the first one for PISD. Obviously, I think um, yeah. Parker Cootie it was, I believe, in 2017, and, and some other ones. But um, first one for Plano East, so big moment there. Um, then I think about postseason runs. I guess mm-hmm. uh, for for some teams, uh, West Volleyball was one I covered a lot. Um, you know, covered pretty much every step of the way. Um, how that all kind of materialized was was really cool because they had such a um, a, a down stretch, I guess, to put it politely, <laughs> in the middle of the yeah. uh, in the middle of the district slate. Uh, it looked like maybe their youth would get to them. We had many conversations where it was just like, I don't know how West, you know, recovers from this. It, it seems like they've they've stumbled one too many times. They're going to get in the playoffs, but now we're unsure about you know what they're going to be able to do when they get there. And then all of a sudden they rattle off a run to the state tournament mm-hmm. <clears throat> under uh, first year head coach Justin Waters. Uh, Plano softball, you think about that run in the postseason. Yeah. Um, finally exercising the demon that is Keller, the PISD overall demon. Uh, Keller beating so many Plano schools. Um, then obviously Smith. You know, Scott Smith at Plano West was, was one of the bigger ones I covered. Plano West football, um, you know, a, a story in its own. Uh, o for their last 26, two straight years of 0 and 10. You know, for the, the state's second biggest school, that's a huge story. Uh, obviously it results in Smith accepting a new position and, and uh, moving into administration. And, and opening up that job, which you know is still a huge story, because you know anytime a, a Plano football uh, leader of the pack position yep. uh, comes up, it's it's going to be a huge deal, and, and I'm sure people are applying from all over the state, <coughs> probably out of state. For all I know, I mean it's it's a it's a huge deal and a huge draw, so it'll be really interesting to follow, um, you know, where that goes and and who gets tapped to try to get that thing back on track. Doesn't want to have a sister. Yes, yep. she, she's she, a legit golfer. She played in the LPGA tournament. Yeah, because I was doing a story. Yeah. Megan Winans, yeah. I believe, so is her, they must her first really name. Be some good golfers. Yeah, right? yeah. family. Winans is, uh, I guess, currently at OU now because mm-hmm. she was a senior last year. Also, so, um, and Megan, I believe, uh, I saw on Twitter earlier, has committed to OU also. So following right in the, <laughs> the Winans family lineage, I said she there. played on the LPGA tour. Yeah. And she got the um, the exemption that she earned yeah. by outplaying people in college, including yeah. I think the biggest sister. Wow. Yeah. She outplayed her in that. <laughs> yeah, they're both very. Good. Yeah, you mentioned, um, you know, uh, 
what was it, Plano softball, and that's mm-hmm. obviously when I'm when I when I look back on 2018 in Plano, it's just the collective dominance of Plano senior girls athletes. Oh man, yeah, maybe, everybody. I mean, maybe as as great a year as a uh, as a girls athletics program has had in Plano ISD's history. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, yes, the softball team getting to the state semifinals. You know, that was I mean, just to, as it ha- just to see it as it unfolded. You know, doing what they did against Keller. You know, mm-hmm. with like you mentioned uh, the the bugaboo that Keller had been in PISD's side and just a one game playoff. Mm-hmm. You think about players like you know Audrey McNeil and just the job that she did setting yep. up all throughout that postseason. Those seniors, you know, Emily Knight, Bronte Roden, and Lindsay Edwards, and just the uh, I mean, I've never covered a team that had a knack for the long ball quite like yeah. that Plano softball team. Yeah. They were, I mean, they hit more home runs in the playoffs than most teams do in an entire season. It was a, <laughs> it was a special, special team. And you know, obviously, you know, you can't you know go you know talking about Plano senior girls athletics without mm-hmm. mentioning what happened with the girls basketball team and <laughs> and the run that they got on and capturing their first ever state championship and what a uh, what a unique team that was. Mm-hmm. Just the way that it was constructed, just the senior leadership and just the strong underclassmen players like Jordan Merritt and Zaria Collins, Michaela Eddins, Maggie Robbins there to complement the senior the uh, that senior core of you know Katie Farrell, Emma Halverson, Sophie Flaities, Lolo Davenport, and just how it all how it all just seemed to kind of come together at once for them. You know, in the four, in the fourth round of the playoffs when they got Lolo back and um, just how that took them up a notch to the point where, I mean, you were watching them and they were handling Duncanville in the second half mm-hmm. of the regional finals and you just, you never see that happen. You never see yep. a team just taking it to what has been the premier girls basketball program in the state and maybe the country. And, I mean, yeah, they were obviously able to... Uh, you know, check off uh, two more wins when they got down to San Antonio, including a one uh, one against Judson that went right down to the wire. Um, so yes, obviously very cool to see them rewarded for all their hard work, and definitely one of the one of the better just pound for pound teams that I've covered mm-hmm. in, uh, in my tenure here at uh, at Star Local Media. And obviously then what the track team was able yep. to do later on that spring, you know, with you know placing fifth overall at state, Kennedy Blackman, one of the you know one of the great singular track you know state track performances within PISD, you know, bringing home two medals, including a gold in the 400 um, and I just think back to you know when they because uh, they they had a really long uh, they snapped a really long uh, you know district title mm-hmm. route you know in the process and just the emotions that overcame that entire team especially head coach Amy Dadari yep. when they are you know when it chimed over the uh, over the PA that they were uh, declared district champions um, yeah just a really 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 cool moment nice to see them you know be able to build off of that momentum and bring home some uh, some hardware from Austin um, let's see let's uh, shift gears to uh, let's talk some Lake Cities yeah you know, let's shift over to, to the uh, to the Den County neck sure. of the woods. A, um, you know, a, 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 and I, I'd say this was a, a resilient, a, a resurgent, I should say, uh, 2018 for Lake Cities. Like in 2017, we were having to compile our, our year-end list. I want to say Lake Dallas had made the playoffs in maybe like two sports. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't here, but it, based on you know the the season previews mm. I've done for teams yeah. and you know talking to the coaches, especially the ones that have been around a couple years, I definitely got that vibe where you know pretty much every team at Lake yeah. Dallas. Uh, it seemed like they were they were trying to get back into the postseason, and now you know my my overall impression of Wake Dallas is it seems like every single one of their teams is is filled with youth, yeah. and it was, it was like, improvements almost all across the board in 2018 yeah. for Lake Dallas. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I look at you know the baseball team, which you know, granted, the baseball team is is maybe one of the teams that will lose. Um, you know, obviously you lose Mason Meeks, which is yeah. you know a, an incredible talent. He was he was lights out. Um, I don't remember exactly. Was it zero earned runs in district? I don't know. It was 
some, it was something, something ludicrous. Something ridiculous. All he did was won the game. Yeah, <laughs> like he, he was he was unbelievable in, in helping them make the playoffs. Um, for me, I guess in in my beats, um, you know, volleyball was was really one that I covered a lot. Uh, they brought in Jason Raymer uh, down from Central Texas, mm. uh, that area. Uh, he has a tradition for you know for building programs up and and kind of getting programs uh, started on you know extended. Uh, I guess passive of success, I guess is a word you could use, but um, you know, n- not a lot of people expected them to make the playoffs this season. They were so young, mm-hmm. um, and like I said, that was kind of a theme throughout Lake Dallas. They found a way to get into the postseason. The girls' basketball team found a way to get in the postseason. Um, football obviously continued its success. Um, you know, getting back to the postseason got bounced in the first round by a good course can team on the road, but another good year uh, under Ryan Deppersmith's mm-hmm. leadership, essentially. So, yeah, pretty much across the board, Lake Dallas. I mean, it's it's a different scale. I think than a district like PISD where there's so many schools, so many athletes, so many um, you know extended playoff runs, and the the measure of success can be a little different. Um, but for Lake Dallas, I think certainly you know for for a one a one school town like that and, and a one school community for for all the sports that they had make the postseason, it was a. Uh, it's a good, solid year for the Falcons and Lady Falcons. Absolutely. I got to also take into note the boys' soccer team. Oh yeah, it's yep. best year, best ever. year across the board. Yeah, best year ever by whatever uh, whatever metric you want to measure that by. That's I mean, you, were there, you were there to see them yeah, make history I, with their first ever playoff win when they beat Lone Star. Yeah. If I if I go back and you know I've been working here since you know mid February or so, and and that was one of the games I covered obviously early mm-hmm. uh, in my in my time here, but it still holds up as you know one of the best I've. I've seen and covered this year, and and you were talking about the emotion with, you know, the the Plano girls track team. Mm-hmm. You talk about emotion that Lake Dallas boys soccer team, you know, finally breaking through, getting that playoff win. Um, it was it was a cool deal. It was a cool deal, and and they're. Uh, they're uh, hopefully set up for some more success out there for uh, for the Falcons. Let's see. Let's round out the first half of this podcast with uh, just uh, some reminiscing on the year that was out in Allen. A uh, city of champions, as they say. A banner yeah. year for Allen. I mean, they made the playoffs in Talk all about those differing expectations. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, they made the playoffs in all eight standings-based sports. I believe that's the first time they've done that in in a long time, if, yeah. if not the first time ever. Um, and then, you know, obviously we were kind of wrestling back and forth with mm-hmm. just how to structure the uh, our, our top ten because you had four you know you had four storylines yep. four teams that um, you could all make a case you know belong somewhere in the top four it just was a question of kind of sorting them out based on what they accomplished um, as far as you know just sheer state championships you had um, at least within the, you know for teams you had boys basketball mm-hmm. you had wrestling I mean the wrestling team I mean as what much like as eight in a row nine in a row yes yeah, nine in a row I'm short change it's literally I, I mean I talked to Plano West coach wrestling coach this week and it's it's like one of those situations where it's almost like Allen football. It's it's more dominant than Allen football. If oh, you're in the district with Allen, you just realize that you're all fighting for second, and there's like, nothing you can do about high it. As high profile as Allen's football program is, and rightfully so, it kind of it gets overlooked that no, no, wrestling is the sport yeah. that Allen is the, is the yeah. best at. That is their best sport because they are on a uh, on a run of dominance, like uh, like few athletic programs, honestly, in UIL history. I'm not yeah. sure what you even compare it to because it's not only is it nine consecutive state championships. 
years. But a lot of the time, I mean, they've got those state titles wrapped up essentially by the end of the first day of oh, yes. state. I well, mean, last year, I remember one of us wrote that story when we were talking about it. I think their first day total would have won yeah. state. Like, they, I, they've I, rewritten I the record books for the UIL state competition, and it's just insane to see how that program continues to just raise the bar for itself as high as that bar is. Um, you had them winning another state championship. You had the boys' basketball team winning their first state championship. And what was, um, you know, certainly, uh, at least for me, kind of the uh, maybe the seminal game, the seminal moment of my, uh, you know, 2018, you know, you know, sports coverage was just that state championship win over Katie Tompkins and just it went, into, went to overtime and just the visual of, you know, Katie, you know, Tompkins has the ball and they're going for the win. They miss the shot. Allen gets the rebound. Jalen Walker turns and he just heaves an outlet pass to Donovan Parham who's streaking down court all alone with inside the closing the closing seconds of overtime he lays it in with like one like one and a half seconds left or something crazy like that and um and yeah lifts uh you know lifts Allen to obviously a very very emotional state championship what about victory. the Geyer game because the Geyer game too yeah mm-hmm. that goes with the theory we always talk about but it's hard to be a team three times yeah. in high school sports especially when that team throws a game plan at you that you had no idea was coming because yeah Allen they slowed that game down to a snail's they pace did. and had the number they one team that, in the had that Prince that office oh yeah they had the number one team in the state just completely just frazzled and yep. yeah just watching them slay not only Denton Geyer but Austin Westlake in the state semifinals the number one and number two teams in the state at the time I mean both of whom were trotting out well you could I mean you could classify oh, yeah. Geyer and Westlake as high school all star teams with the number of four and mm-hmm. five star kids that they had at and, least three on each team oh, I, yeah. I remember and you had Allen which I mean Allen was a deep team as you'd expect um, but it was a team no, of four just four five stars that, um, yeah no no yeah no five stars no four stars but it was a team that, that played so well together they mm-hmm. were such a they were a very well coached team they were versatile they could I mean you had five guys that could all you know take on different responsibilities and um, and they uh, just, it's a smart team to a really high IQ team and another a team kind of like Planet that really just kind of mm-hmm. got hot and because I mean I mean they were in the same district as Guyer and, and they weren't going to beat themselves either yeah yeah it wasn't a, it wasn't a team that at least you know watching you know I mean they were in the same district as Denton Guyer so I don't know if, how uh, how realistic a state championship might have you know felt for Allen but once they were able to slay that beast in Denton Geyer and then the they went on to state. Oh yeah, and they I mean they just they played lights out. I mean they they ran the number two team in the state Westlake off the floor in the state semis. And you know, Tompkins kind of had a lot of the same kind of kinds of athletes and very similar team physically and that game was uh you know was very competitive, went to overtime and um yeah just a a, a terrific year for Allen Boys basketball by any measure. And uh, obviously yeah coach uh, coach Jeff McCullough is mm-hmm. as good a coach as you'll find in the yep. state and um so yeah you think about that you think about obviously the football team had another great year going to the state semifinals and all the uh, I mean just the usual mm-hmm. you know pop and circumstance that comes with another year on the on the uh, on the gridiron with why, Allen. Why people take it like when they lose like I know they're they're a really good team like they were invincible or didn't like I heard like they really weren't that good anyway compared to what we've been having. I'm thinking like they're the awesome. one team in the nation. Yeah, they were <laughs> awesome. The nation. They just lost to Fine, a, yeah, like, a bad day. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's there are lots of really good teams. How do you win by like on average like thirty seven some some observed? <laughs> um. I'd have to go back. I actually they're, haven't calculated Their margin of difference was bigger this year than it was last year than they won state, wasn't it? I actually haven't gone and calculated okay, that. Not, this, yeah. this is the analytics, man, yeah. the start local media. <laughs> I, mean, it was, I mean, it was it was typical Allen, though. I mean, they yeah. won every game.
game in the regular season by at least four touchdowns, and yeah. you know, but uh, yeah, nobody nine six eight want to swing on them. Yeah, they like the bully that gets away with everything. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, Allen had still had a great year, and uh, but then you know, I mean, not only did you have Allen having another successful season at the high school level, but you had at the collegiate and national scene. I mean, you had Allen's. I mean, maybe as high profile as Allen has ever been at that level with what Kyler Murray did up in the, is still doing up in Norman. But the thing is, they don't get Allen their props though. Like, I know, I, I know, Allen residents get mad. They say from the suburbs of Dallas, which is very vague. So that's Frisco, <laughs> yeah. Allen, what McKinney. They don't, they don't want to give Allen their full. Props. Well, I had plenty. I mean, I'm an OU alum. I've, I mean, I watched every game, obviously, and I mean, they, Allen, Texas, got plenty of plenty of shout outs on OU telecast, especially any time that Kyler Murray threw a touchdown to Lee Morris, the Allen on Allen connection right there. They <laughs> made sure every single time, like clockwork, that all yeah. oh, these, you know, they were teammates back in high school. Allen in Allen, Texas, and all that, and I mean, yeah, it's just. A, I mean, obviously, nobody in Allen was shocked to see what Kyler did. Yeah. You know, obviously, the nation kind of realized what the yeah. what yeah, Texas had known. It weird, yeah, it's exactly. Like a lot, a lot of people, a lot of my national friends are like, "Was he that good? Like, he's probably the best dude that came through Texas in the last twenty years." I'd say, mm. watching. Some think he's the greatest ever to come through the high school. His resume, he, I want to say he's ranks. the greatest ever high school player, but his resume is the most impeccable. Oh yeah, he's yeah. definitely got the greatest resume. Forty-two and zero, Gatorade National Player of the Year. Three state titles. Yep, three state titles in the in the UIL's highest classification. Yeah, uh, great yeah. times, and obviously then rewarded, you know, with the, with his hard work by winning the Heisman Trophy recently, and um, now he's got a chance to bring a bring a national championship yeah. back to Norman. <laughs> the old Alabama Invitational. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Allen making uh, making headlines not just at the high school yeah. level, but on a national scope as well. Um, and yeah, let's see. That's uh, that's at least within our neck of the woods. The uh, a look back at some of these standout moments from 2018. Positives for for McKinney, Allen, and Plano. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Not 6A representing. Never a dull moment working in this neck of the woods. <laughs> the, the thing I like now is like when you see them playing certain sports like volleyball and like soccer, I think it's going to be the same thing. These teams that see the teams that we cover don't want no one to get the playoff <laughs> season. You cannot well, really tell. It's, it's crazy. Like you saw what happened in, in, um, in volleyball. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised in boys or girls soccer if the same thing happened. Yeah, yeah. They end up having to see each other because it's just so yeah. like... Anybody could have made the playoffs in girls. So it's um, crazy, especially volleyball. in Allen, because all those stories we talked about push out stories like Lovejoy Volleyball went state again. Yep. Like it, you know what I mean? Like girls soccer for Allen, regional finalist, right? I mean, it, it's it's crazy. And then a playoff streak of what fourteen or fifteen years for Allen girls softball gets snapped and a crazy yeah. walk off win over Riley. Like that too. That all, like, uh, yeah. Let me let me pick up there because obviously, if not the uh, with, with what the boys basketball team accomplished, the, the the visual, the memory that you know, when I think back of this year in Allen, like this, what the soft team did mm-hmm. in the fashion that they did it, having to rally in the bottom of the seventh, a walk-off win against a really good Wiley yeah. team to clinch a yeah. playoff spot, their first playoff berth since 2005. Yeah. And just, I mean, you talk, I mean, I was talking about the emotions outpouring when Plano Girls Track won mm-hmm. its district title. I mean, that was, I mean, that was, uh, I mean, nothing compared to just what happened in Allen yeah. <laughs> that night. And just the, uh, you know, talking afterwards to Melanie Meek, the girl who hit the, uh, the you know, the mm-hmm. walk-off, the walk-off single and just how overcome with emotion and how teared up up she was and I mean just the celebrations you know for, uh, for them once they once they realized because it had been a long time coming yep. a drought that long and to finally get back in the playoffs in the fashion that they did yeah what a what a memorable uh, what a memorable way for Allen softball to snap that playoff drought yeah and that's I mean like I said that's a crazy thing because I mean you guys will have to no spoilers here you'll have to read the paper <laughs> or look online but that's you'll right. have to see if that even makes a list or where it makes a list yeah. because of the the prolific year that Allen it was man it was it was crazy it was 
a, a lot of success in, in Allen this year. Lots of fun stuff happening, though, elsewhere in our markets. And uh, Devin Hassan, Justin Thomas, and Brian Murphy are going to come on in a bit to um, to discuss some of the standout moments from their respective uh, their respective beats. And we will see what they have to say after a word from this sponsor. Let's take a quick break to talk about ATD painting. Whether it's painting, staining, carpentry, residential, commercial, interior, exterior, ATD painting has you covered. They have four locations in the Metroplex, including Plano and Louisville. You can call 972-694-8888 for more information, or you can visit their website at atdpainting.com. That is ATD painting. Check it out to see just how affordable professional painting can be. And now, let's get back to the podcast. All right, we've done a line change once again. Justin Thomas, Devin Hassan, Brian Murphy. We're taking over the, the second half of this podcast for this segment. Year in review podcast, you know, reflecting, looking back on the year that was in our markets. Uh, There's a lot of notable things, a lot of state champions, uh, new programs, you know, big time things happening in our markets. I don't know where to begin. Uh, I know, JT, I know you had plenty of state champions in, in your markets. I guess we'll start with you. Yeah, I wanted to give a quick shout-out to the Marcus Girls soccer team in the spring making state for the first time uh, since 2005. I know you got a chance to mm-hmm. cover some of those games, and they're pretty wild games out there. The one that went to penalty yeah, shootouts, yeah, that uh-huh. was crazy. But uh, mainly I wanted to touch on some things that happened this fall. And I guess kind of the first thing I just wanted to hit on was just the football seasons for Flower Mound and Louisville. Um, you know, two teams that had long playoff droughts, Flower Mound 2010. Louisville's went all the way back to 2007. And both of them broke those streaks this year and did it in impressive fashion and finished even first and second in the district. Flower Mound, you know, goes unbeaten in district. Uh, Louisville had only one loss. Obviously, that was Flower Mound. Mm-hmm. And it was a game that they led by 20 points late in the third quarter. So, you know, they, they were almost the district champions, undefeated too. So, um, it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, I know, I know they single-handedly destroyed me in the picket line. All <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so both of them kind of. Uh, I think you know, coming into the year, I thought both of these teams had chances to make the playoffs. I picked them. Actually, did pick them both to make the playoffs, but I didn't kind of see them finishing first and second yeah. ahead of Hebert and Coppell. So, um, really good seasons for both those teams. Obviously, Louisville then wins a playoff game in triple overtime over Keller before. Running into a Dunkerville team that I think we're all kind of seeing as a beast right now. Who's <laughs> Dunkerville? I don't, I don't know who they are. <laughs> well, you can see them Saturday yeah. if, you, if you want to get a little info on them. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of the first thing I wanted to touch on, which is those kind of big seasons, kind of uh, resurrection seasons for Flower Mountain and Louisville football, and we'll see how they can uh, carry that momentum into uh, next season. I remember no one was talking about Louisville, and then the first time you brought them up on a podcast when we were talking, I was like, oh, Louisville, they yeah, the ball powerhouse. Every time I drive through Louisville, I see the 1995 State Line on the water tower on 35. I'm like, okay, they haven't done anything since then. Yeah. And, you know, going into the season, it was all Heber and Coppell. We knew about those two powerhouses. Yeah. So I, I, Louisville wasn't on my radar. Flyland yeah. certainly wasn't either. So. Well, I knew they had a good defense, and they definitely did, and that kind of carried them. And then, obviously, Flyer Mound just had a dynamic office this year with Blake Short and Pierce Hudgens and uh, Welch and all those guys. So. Now, sticking with the football uh, theme here, you know, I had two new football teams on the gridiron this year. Neither of them had seniors, which is pretty tough on a, on a sport like football where you need yeah. size and experience uh, to excel. And Frisco Memorial, you know, they duked it out with Lebanon Trail earlier this year, got a game-winning touchdown in the final minute. That was big for them. 
Uh, Memorial's quarterback, Charlie Flowers, told me a few days after the game it felt like they just won state when they won. You know, it, it, that's really cool you know, yeah, to see. Cause that was pretty early in the season, too. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was early in district play. Let me sure they also got a, a win early against the Fort Worth uh, in non-district. But the fact that Memorial beat Lebanon Trail, I mean, I was kind of picking Lebanon Trail to win. They've kind of been a program for three years now. And Memorial literally just started from scratch in the spring. Didn't even do spring ball. You know, like I said, they don't have seniors. Uh, compiled kids from Lakeland, Lone Star, and Heritage. And just, you know, kind of like the Bad News Bears almost, in a sense. Uh, but they're definitely a lot better than the Bad News Bears. And you know, they, beat, they beat Lebanon Trail. And, you know, that's a team that I've been saying the last few weeks that could be on, on the... The up and up here in the next few years, maybe be a potential Reedy type thing. You, yeah. see, you just saw, you know, how quickly you can build a program. Out sure, there. especially when you're pulling kids from Lone Star, which you know, a, a proven program over the last, you know, six years or so. So I wanted to shout out Memorial um, while we're talking about football as well. Devin, did you have any, any football stories on, on your? I, I actually do. I wanted to kind of quick hit a, a couple of things in Mesquite. Uh, for the Mesquite programs, it was kind of about breakthroughs during the past year. Uh, you had the North Mesquite boys basketball team um, back almost a year, an entire year ago. Uh, hadn't made the playoffs since 2008. Uh, looks like they, they had a series of near misses. They went five in a row down the stretch, including a playing game against Mesquite, their rivals, uh, to get back for the first time in a decade. Uh, the Sunnyvale girls basketball team was able to get back to the regional tournament for the first time since they won the state in 2015. Lost 41-40 to Mount Vernon. Mm. Um, in that semifinal, at Mount Vernon goes on to win the state championship, so that's just how close they were to, to doing that. Uh, Mesquite Boys Soccer wins their first district title since 2010. Again, kind of a lot of breakthroughs. Poteet Volleyball had, had made the uh, playoffs 20 straight years, uh, but hadn't made it since 2015. They break through. But yeah, I thought, I, the one thing I thought, and this is kind of two stories in one, was uh, in football, uh, Horn. Um, head coach Mike Overton came into the season with 96 victories at MISD programs. He was one behind the all-time Mesquite ISD leader. He thought, okay, well, you know, second week, third week in September. Well, you know, you, what was really thought to be a formality almost became, when is this ever going to happen? As Horn, as we talked about before, starts 0-7. And uh, so he has to wait two months to get that going. But once... Horn got going late. He taught, they obviously they beat Rockwell Heath. They finally got the uh, monkey off the back uh, to get that first district win that tied him with Gary Childress, the longtime North Mesquite uh, head coach and former Mesquite ISD athletic, uh, athletic director and who was one of the first uh, members of the inaugural class in the Hall of Honor. That's how highly Gary Childress is thought of in Mesquite. So Mike Overton ties the record that week. The next week they beat North Mesquite, Gary Childress's former school, uh, 56-0, and that gives Mike Overton uh, his 98th career uh, victory. Uh, just a tremendous job, a, a guy, you know, he was an assistant on that 2001 uh, Mesquite State Championship team, uh, left to give the Farmersville program for a couple of years, uh, took over a West Mesquite team uh, program that had made two playoff appearances in 24 years and immediately turns them into a playoff team. Uh, he's never missed the playoffs since 2006. He moved over to Horn in 2013. You know, just a, a model of consistency. He's won everywhere he's been, and now he's the all-time Mesquite ISD coaching uh, victory leader with 101 because he didn't stop at 97 because Horn all of a sudden went on that huge turnaround. Um, after the 0-7 start, they win five in a row. They were able to take down highly favored Temple in the opening mm -hmm. round by a, a touchdown with 11 seconds left to, to uh, pull out a 45-38 victory, and they followed that up with a, a win over Wiley before falling uh, in the regional semifinals. So uh, just a, a tremendous turnaround for Horn, um, and, and obviously congratulations to Mike Overton. 
it's all fitting that he owns the record. He's coached at every mesquite school <laughs> pretty much. He has bounced around a little bit. Yeah, they, they waited until uh, the games mattered the most to, to win those. Yeah, we were kind of weird. I remember talking on podcasts. Are they going to win again? Because they had that murderer's row at the beginning yeah. of the year, Allen and whoever else. I don't have the schedule for me, but it was like, man, that it, was rough. It was, it was, it was brutal. Yes, Allen Highland Park. Cedar Hill and Arlington was there, and then and then they go with the, then they get Longview and Rockwall to start district. So yeah, it was yeah. brutal. All right, before we uh, steer away from football, I wanted to just uh, shout out Little Elm Seven on Seven. I know we don't cover a whole lot of Seven on Seven, but Little Elm Seven on Seven made state for the first time ever. Uh, they beat uh, Westlake, Austin Westlake, in the first round of uh, the state tournament down there uh, in dramatic fashion. They won that one thirty to twenty seven. Although that was the only game they would win. Uh, at state, still the fact of the matter of going to state and, and beating a powerhouse like that, mm-hmm. uh, big big stuff there for for the Little and football program uh, as well. JT, what's next on on your radar? Well, we got some state champions. Yeah, you do. State <laughs> champions that need. We love both do. Yeah. Uh, I think the two that I'm going to talk about. What's really cool about them is just kind of how they both kind of really pretty much flew under the radar all season, and then boom, state champions. Um, the first one is Coppell Girls Cross Country, so they uh, won state, obviously. It's the first time they're ever winning state for their program. Um, I don't think a lot of people saw it coming unless you talk to the Cowgirls and definitely head coach Nick Benton. Um, I mean, this is a team that, just to show you how, like, how crazy cross country is, he, you know, throughout the year he kept kind of saying, you know, we don't have a runner that's going to go win the state mm-hmm. championship individually, but we have a lot of good runners. And the bigger the meet, the more competitive the meet, the better you're going to see us do. And that really showed itself in the postseason. I mean, this, the state champions, they finished second in district. They finished fourth in regionals. They <laughs> snuck into state, finishing mm-hmm. fourth. And then they get to state, and they win it all. And they just have, you know, everybody had their meet of their lives. Um, Chloe Hassman, Riley Hassman, Shelby Spore, Natalie Fleming, who, by the way, I think I'm going to make it my life goal to uh, – Get a photo where Natalie is smiling. I've never seen one yet. So, <laughs> Natalie, I'm going to make you laugh in a photo one time. Uh, then Madeline Halsey, Rebecca Centeno, Centeno, and Morgan Cologne. So that was their roster, and just a great season for them, uh, kind of coming out of nowhere and surprising everybody to, uh, to win state and cross country this fall. Speaking of teams that finished fourth in regionals or fourth in district that went on to win state, the Lakeland boys soccer team, you know, everyone was kind of counting them out. Granted, that district... Uh, in Frisco is really, really good at soccer, probably the best in 5A in the state okay. uh, from top to bottom. And, you know, they, they won the state title in 2017, and then here they are, you know, struggling to make the playoffs in, in 2018. It's like, man, what, what's going on? You know, uh, sophomore slump for, for head coach Andy Holt in his second season. They graduated a ton of guys. And then they just go on this casual playoff run and just dominate everybody. Uh, en route to a state title, second consecutive state title on the boys' side. A really cool story about that team. Mark Barbonis, a sophomore, wins state tournament MVP. The year before, he was a team manager. He was on JV, but uh, during the state tournament, their first state title run uh, as a freshman, he was just kind of a manager. He was in blue jeans at the game. Coach uh, Eddie Holt told me that. He got a medal, but it was for, you know, just helping out with the team. One year later, scores a goal in the most important game of his life and tournament game MVP, and then it's only fitting that right before that game, the Wakeland girls, they win a state title, their first uh, in about eight years, since 2010, I believe. They send Sid Corey off into the sunset. He retired immediately after the game. Really awesome scene. Style. Yeah, very, very emotional, very dramatic scene there. Uh, and Wakeland boys and girls go back to back. It was, it was, it was pretty awesome. And not and also talking about cross country and sticking with Wakeland. 
Uh, forgot to mention Lakeland girls cross country. They win their first ever uh, state title as well. So just quite the year for Lakeland, uh, just really in all, all the state titles. Yeah, all around. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, and, and you know, I, I touched on Mesquite earlier. I wanted to touch on the Rowlett area, whereas Mesquite was kind of all about breakthroughs mm-hmm. uh, during the past year. Uh, at the Rowlett Saxe area, it's about consistency. And just uh, their play. I mean, listen to some of these playoff streaks. Rowlett volleyball, 22 years in a row. Saxe volleyball, 15. Rowlett football, 14. Rowlett girls soccer and boys soccer, 16. Saxe girls soccer, 10. Rowlett softball, 14. Saxe softball, 11. Rowlett baseball, 19. I mean, it's just, you know, every year and year out, uh, these teams are in the playoffs. But uh, I did mention the Saxe girls basketball in that list, uh, who has been a perennial uh, playoff team in their own right. But that was probably the main story, the biggest story. Um, out of that market this year uh, as they finally, um, I guess, get to, uh, I guess, break through that final barrier. They've been, a, again, they've won district championship after district championship. Uh, it looked like the same old story last year. They extended their district winning streak to 41 in a row, uh, won their third straight uh, outright title. But you thought, is this going to be the, finally going to be the year that they break through and actually make some noise in the playoff stage? And they did. I mean, they took care of business early on, uh, blew out wins over Lake Highlands, Horn, Tyler Lee. Uh, they get to the regional tournament. That's only their second regional tournament uh, appearance, surprisingly enough, for all the success they've had. Um, and then if we had a, a vote for maybe for game of the year all, all with, between all of us, uh, that regional semifinal game might have won it. That was the game against Fleurville where they were down 27-4 to uh, early in the second quarter. I mean, they just didn't wow. show up. And, I mean, I'd sit there, and I'd, I'd seen this team all season long, and I just I was baffled. And then all of a sudden, they called a timeout and woke up. And that's what Don McCullough said. He said, well, we just woke up. And so they uh, outscored Pflugerville 64-29, to basically during the last two and a half quarters, to win that game, 68-56. They drew down 23 early, and they went going away. Yeah. Uh, just an incredible comeback, and they kind of carried that momentum into the next day against Pflugerville Hendrickson uh, to win that game and advance to the state tournament for the first time. In school history, and you know, we're, we're talking state championships, and we're talking to say, you know, for a lot of these girls nice D schools, I mean, we, I don't have a lot of uh, state tournaments or state championships to talk about over there. I mean, it's it, it's it's a rare thing over there. We, you know, you t- kind of talk about the Garland High football championships. Well, a lot of those were in the '60s and back in '56, and you know, Rowlett Boys Track uh, won back-to-back state championships when Marquise Goodwin was there, you know, a decade or so ago. But that's really all that you have to say outside of individual championships. So to make it to a state tournament is a huge feat for a GISD school because that talent is so spread out. I know the same is true at Frisco and, and some mm-hmm. of the schools as well, but it hasn't translated into success deep in the playoffs. So just um, a tremendous season for Sacks. They almost made it to the finals. They lose to Congress Judson 71-66. And again, they actually led in the fourth quarter. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what they can do this year. Uh, a much tougher region. Uh, as the mm-hmm. as Allen and Plano's of the world move over, uh, but uh, Avery Krause, Jayla Brooks, at Helltack, uh, Kayla Demas, and Tia Harvey, their entire starting five is back this year. So looking forward to see what they can do, um, see if they can repeat that run and, and maybe take it a step further. One team you didn't mention was Prosper. You mentioned that uh, and stuff because Texas hey. already beat Prosper this year. Oh God, no Okay, But this is one final thing I want to talk about: Prosper making the lead to Class Six A. Maybe I want to talk about volleyball. Last year they win the state title in their last season in Class 5A, and then they go to that Murderers Row district, you know, with Plano West and McKinney Boyd, and everyone's talking about, you know, all those teams, you know, the Allens and whatnot, and Prosper just, just goes in there, goes undefeated, wins the district. I know a lot of people here didn't pick Prosper to even make the playoffs. I won't mention names. Uh, and then they have a nice little run uh, through the playoffs. So I wanted to give um, 
uh, Coach Aaron Kaufman and that squad, and Matty Whitmire, who is our star local MVP that we selected a few weeks ago. I want to give them a good shout-out for, for winning district in 9-6-8, and prosper football as well, finishing second in district and making the, making the playoffs before running into Longview, who's now playing <laughs> this weekend for, for a state title. Well, that's a good transition because um, I saw that Prosper Volleyball team play non-district, and I saw them play Flower Mound, and Flower Mound beat them. And Flower Mound also finished second in Pearland. They beat Plano West. They had, I think, seven losses in non-district. They were all to state-ranked teams. For some reason, Flower Mound was never ranked this season. I don't know, like, volleyball history, per se, and the rankings and stuff, but I can't imagine too many teams have won state without being ranked. Like, So they were never They were not never, they never ranked. And it was, like, halfway through district, you know, they're in a district with Capel, who was ranked, and then Hebron, who had won three straight state championships. And they're winning the district, and they're not ranked. And I actually even tweeted at the TGCA, like, well, you know, what's going on? How is this team not ranked? So they, they just didn't get any respect all season, and I didn't really understand it because they had a really good non-district schedule, performed well, and then rolled through that district 6-6-A and didn't, they didn't get any love until basically they took down number one Byron Nelson in the third round. And finally people started to say, oh, this is a good team here in Flower Mound. And by that point, I was kind of sold that they were going to win it, and, you know, they didn't really get challenged too much the rest mm -hmm. of the way. Um, their regional final match against South Lake Carroll was one of the most dominating volleyball matches I've seen. I think they went on a 23-3 to run against Carroll. Like, wow. That's crazy. So, uh, and then obviously they'd make it to state and uh, pick up two more wins and get their first ever state championship. Um, you mentioned Maddie Whitmire, our MVP. We had they had three players that we gave superlatives to: Ka Kaylee Cox, Sarah Martinez, and Abby Butler. But they also got Coach of the Year. Coach of the Year, the Sheriff Jamie Siegel. Um, but you know, players like Angela Steer, she was, had to have been running for the Newcomer of the Year in the district. And then you know, good senior leadership from players like Gabby White, Emily Merrick, and Reagan Hooper. So um, under the radar all year, not to them. You know, Coach Siegel. Uh, when I was talking to Sarah Martinez before the. Uh, before they went to state for a little feature story, she said that when uh, Coach Siegel, you know, this was her first year at Flower Mound, and when she introduced herself to the team, you know, back last spring, she told them all to, you know, pick out which figure they were going to put their state championship rings on. And I don't think the, the players really bought into it then, but she brought that mentality to the team, and, you know, gradually they just kept building confidence and confidence, and once they got to the playoffs, they just went on a roll and took home the championship. So. Did you talk to them about that and the players of yeah, I was Sarah Martinez was the one that, that told me that story, and she mm -hmm. was saying, you know, like, you know, we've never been to state. We've never <laughs> been past the third round. Like, <laughs> I thought she was crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that mentality kind of really stuck with them, and I think it kind of carried them throughout the season. So, What a year. What a year it was for, for the Flower Mount squads, all those Denton County teams, and Frisco IC, Prosper, all your mesquite, and Saxe, and Rawlettes, and that'll just about do it. For, uh, for this edition of uh, the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Christmas is right around the corner, so stay tuned for the schedule might change next week. We'll see, but uh, hope everyone has a, uh, a happy holidays. 
Thanks for checking out this edition of the Start Local Media High School Sports Podcast, brought to you by Performance Food Group. They deliver more than 150,000 food and related products to customers all across the country. Their McKinney office is currently hiring Class A CDL drivers, order selectors, and many other entry and part-time positions. For more information, you can visit their website at pfgc.com slash careers, or you can call 214-491-3130. That is Performance Food Group located in McKinney at 500 Metro Park Drive. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.